I was listening to a recent episode. I do think uh, either I or both of us need to ma- like put a moratorium on saying the word technology. Okay. I don't know why. It seems like it de- it detracts from the show. I've I've never noticed that before. I just and it, I, it feels I've listened like, a lot more than you. It feels like a dirty word. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I guess. I mean, I I, I legitimately have not noticed that, but I'll take your yeah, word for it. I don't know, and I think no, I think it like the show grinds to a halt whenever I say that word. So maybe it's just a personal goal for me. But okay, yeah. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Do do you? You do you? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> as as a late stage millennial. Uh, that's halfway done with life. I I agree. Wow. Why? Yikes. You're mad that that's true. You're gonna die at fifty. At the good years. Oh, okay. Hey, you got like six months on me. Well, you've never officially um, uh, acknowledged that. What do you mean? <laughs> you don't. Not, you've never told me your birthday. Yeah, I have. I think I think I know the month, but I don't know the day. Well, probably six months from from behind yours or yeah. ahead of whatever. Well, that, 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 but I already knew the month, so that doesn't really help. Yeah, again, it's it's like a Ron Swanson type thing. It is it he is he not tell people their his birthday? Did you ever write, uh, watch Parks and Recreation? Mm-hmm. Most of it, yeah. I yeah, don't remember he, that was a thing. So he had an episode where. Um, I think Tom was the one who figured it out, but they found his Baskin Robbins uh, like membership card, <laughs> and that's the only place he had ever actually disclosed his birth uh, his birth date because he wanted to get like the the free cone or whatever on it. On it, so I think that's the only thing uh, him or he, uh, uh, what's his name? Not Ron Offerman. What's the, what's the real uh, Nick, guy's Nick, name? O- Nick Offerman? Nick Offerman or Ron Swanson? I think that's the only two things that we have in common. I think for you it would probably be. Does um, Blue Barn have like a stamp card or like a, a birthday offering? Blue Barn doesn't take American Express. There's a lot of problems with Blue Barn. They don't. They include they, including the price. No, the price is totally fair. Which is no, it's a which is another thing that frustrates me of, of why they only they only accept Visa and Mastercard. But like, and they don't do any online ordering, and they uh, they get fussy if you try to order more than five sandwiches, which is annoying. What, what in what context have you ordered more than five sandwiches? Like if you're getting lunch for your team, okay. Like and that that's a bummer. Like I mean, if you're calling to order and if you're doing it off peak hours, like don't don't get fussy just because there's not going to be like a run on clubbers in the North Bay. <laughs> like I I was gonna uh, go to Blue Barn again uh, before before my trip, and uh, you know sometimes what I'll do is I'll put in an order online, like when I'm on my way home for somewhere. And I went to do that for Blue Barn, and yeah, like you said, they they don't offer any sort of online ordering, which is fr- frustrating. And I, I don't want to call. I'm not going to call like when I'm on Bart or something. Well, and that's the thing, and like, and I, I am totally okay with calling. And and I, um, wow, they don't have BlueBarn.com. That seems like a miss. What what's their website? I don't know. Blue BlueBarn like dot fm. <laughs> BlueBarn dot io. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Bay Area jokes. Okay, uh-huh. uh, it's bluebarngourmet.com. Another vaguely French word I don't like the spelling of. I wonder, I wonder if they could have gotten dot gourmet. Is that a subdomain? That's got to be right. Oh, even on the front page it says, "Please note that there's a five entree max for all takeout orders at all three bl- uh, Blue Barn locations." That seems a little pretentious. Again, if it's off peak hours, and if I give you like, hell, like I'll call like an hour and a half ahead, it doesn't really matter. Eh. 
You know what that reminds me a little bit of is if you ever been to uh, Umami Burger. I yes, I don't like them. I don't either. Um, and one of the things that I really dislike there is when you open the menu, first page, big bold font right at the top, it says no substitutions. Which you like know, you're like mm-hmm. okay. in general, in general, I don't like that sort of philosophy. But like, I'll I'll grant it to perhaps a higher end restaurant or something like that. But for a hamburger, come on. A hamburger is like the number one food that people want to customize. Okay. L- lots lots to say about this. W- one, I don't like you, umami burger, just because I-, I don't like this. In a, apologize, I like, excuse the language, but I don't like all this like hipster burger bullshit. Like, d- does umami have, are they the ones that also have, like, I assume every place has this, but they have a, a burger that has like a, a half cooked egg on it. They had a burger this time last year, or maybe it was two years ago. It, I'm not making this up. Pumpkin spiced latte hamburger. I'm going to ask something that's in a. I took a picture of it. I, I could send it to you. I, I, I didn't. I didn't take a picture of the actual burger, but I took a picture of the the sign. Okay, I'm going to skip over the inappropriate thing I was going to say, but that that <laughs> seems excessive. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I. I <sighs> Kudos to Starbucks for all the attention and everything they've brought to uh, the PSL lifestyle, which apparently I think is what it's referred to as, because there's pumpkin spice everything like in two years and like that just speaks to they, the cultural well, force that they are. But I, I've never had it. I don't want it, and I don't. One of the uh, one of the Starbucks near my office was counting down the days until the PSL, as you as you would say, mm-hmm. it was, was coming back. Mm-hmm. And again, good for them, but it just so sorry. Going back to to bullshit burgers, like they are part of this trend of one putting nonsense things on burgers, like a half cooked egg or a sunny side up egg. They also make burgers that are difficult to eat in the sense that they're too tall. Have you noticed this? Yeah, I, I'm really not a fan of that because like an. There's so many things about fancy food or whatever people still think of as inventive because nothing can just be good food anymore. And I don't want to sound like like an old man about that, but everything has to be so complicated. And in terms of burgers, which is just can is super hard to mess up. Like if you're if you're using quality ingredients, they have to make it so weird and esoteric and difficult to eat, which it just makes no sense to me. If you want to charge sixteen dollars for a burger, that is totally fine. But make it something that can fit inside, if like inside of your mouth. That's it. And like I, the last thing I'll say about umami is the burgers just aren't very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I just th- I think like a I I would take a habit burger or something over umami any day. Okay, we are not going to talk about anything related to not this all episode apparently. So multiple things about this. Uh, Super duper is consi- like it I, for me. It is the gold standard of what a an above average burger that's reasonably priced and edible is. But when did Habit Burger expand so quickly? Because to my knowledge, uh, they were like only in like Santa Barbara and parts of like Ventura County. And apparently like as of like yesterday, they're all over the Bay Area. When did this happen? I don't know. But I a couple of years ago was out uh, with a friend and we were playing golf, I think. And we both went to Santa Barbara and we were just you know, talking about various things from college and the habit somehow came up. And when it did, I thought, man, that, that sounds really good. And I, and I hadn't been to one since, you know, Santa Barbara. 
and just on a whim went to search if there were any around and yeah sure enough there are like there were multiple in the bay area and like i said that was a couple of years ago so um and we 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 drove straight from golf to the habit so are they the ones that call it um i'm trying i mix up all the the burger chains are is theirs called the char burger yeah mm-hmm. okay that's them yeah right. i remember them being a, a, okay i think they're I'm I'm not nearly as big on Super Duper as you are, uh, but I I think they're a, a pretty big step above Super Duper, at least in my book. Okay, I'll I'll give them. A I, shot. I would put I would put In and Out over Super Duper though. For I con- ooh. for context. Okay, for context, you're wrong. <laughs> because I, maybe this just like as a child or as a kid, like in in Southern California, I absolutely loved uh, In and Out, and I thought it was it was great. I remember the one like down in like Laguna Niguel or like down by like the high school. Like that was, it was fantastic. That was always a great surprise whenever we'd go there. But in and out modern day is not good. It's, it's one step above McDonald's. It has like a super short like window of edibility before it becomes like soggy or gross. The meat is always like super overcooked. So I, I don't get the, the in and out fervor that most people still talk about well well, but the thing i would say to that comment though is same thing with super duper and the habit these are food items that you want to eat right there on the spot you try to take any of those home and yeah you're going to end up with a greasy mess but still and like and their fries aren't even that good yeah but the fries at super duper aren't very good either they are fantastic Mm -hmm. are you are you getting the regular fries or are you not getting are you getting the garlic fries I get I get the regular fries. You got to get the garlic fries. Nah, that's that's too much. The closest to ballpark fries that you can get outside of AT and T Park. Well, AT and T Park are ballpark fries, so I would I would hope those would count. No, I'm saying like in the Bay Area, they're the closest to AT and T Park fries that you can yeah. get. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You you kind of jumbled some words there, but okay. You can you can fix that in post. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, okay. we'll, we'll fix that. So Blue Barn, going <laughs> back to that, they need to lift. So. It's 2016. They need to find a way to make online ordering work or make phone ordering easier or accept other credit cards or tap to pay anything. They uh, they need a better technology, as you would say. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I've installed a filter on this computer to not use that word. Uh, um, but yeah, that's a bummer. How do we start talking about Blue Barn? I don't know. Have we started yet? Yeah, I guess I guess this is part of the show. No, that, but that that was coming from somewhere. First, you're talking about Norwegians asking you about Donald Trump. I'm really lost to how we got here. Well, that I think that that was truly off the air, but yeah, I don't remember oh, how, we, how we started here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, then let's let's reset. Uh huh. We're not starting over, but we'll 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 go backwards. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going well. It's going. Yeah. It's going good. Um, long, long time no talk. Actually, that's quite true. Uh-huh. Um, uh, baseball. Baseball, yeah. This was an insane night. I didn't actually see the entirety of the game. I was watching half of it at work, and I was listening to it on the radio as I got home. But like, this was this was a great game. I had a... Yeah, I, I was streaming it at my desk at work to begin with, and then kind of got caught up in some various conversations across the office, but many others were streaming the game, so I was kind of catching little bits of it across other people's screens. And then I flipped over to the radio for part of my commute home, but then went back to the whole watch ESPN on my phone this time for the other part of the way home, and then flipped back to radio, 
and then actually started watching it on TV when I got home. So I was a little all over the place, but did, for the most part, either watch or listen to uh, most of it. So yeah, it was very, very good. Um, yeah, Giants versus Mets at uh, at City Field, and we pulled it out, much in thanks to... And uh, Glassby, this is his first season on our team? That's correct, yeah. Is his first season with any major team, or was he a trade? No, no, no. He he. I don't recall if he was a trade or a free agent, but he played for the Angels and the White Sox, maybe? But he played for two different teams last year, the Angels of whom was one. So he's only had one seizure, uh, season in the major leagues. Uh, I also don't know if last year was his first year or not. Got it. But no, he, he, he came through, and then Bumgarner's fantastic pitching came through, and it was just all in all a very exciting game, and I think the series that we're the division series that we're heading on to with the Cubs is going to be super exciting. Yeah, I mean, the game was in a lot of ways reminiscent to the wildcard game from two years ago against the Pirates, where the Giants were the second wildcard team, so they, had to, they were on the road. Uh, it was Madison Bumgarner who ended up pitching a complete game shutout. Um, almost with the identical same number of pitches. I mean, his, his pitching performance was very, very similar to that game. Um, I guess the biggest difference, though, was the Giants scored kind of early and often in that Pirates game. I think it ended up That was up like 7-1, seven seven, right? I think no, it was 7 nothing. Oh, yeah. Because it was a shutout. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas this game was scoreless until the, the top of the ninth when uh, Connor Gillespie came through with a three-run home run. Yeah. I do have uh, to find find a gif of uh, at the bottom of the eighth when uh, Bumgarner and he's had a couple of these where he just catches it right from the mound, and it's just, it's just it's effortless and perfect. Yeah, I, I got to find that. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it, this is going to be an interesting series coming up because going into the All Star break, the Giants and the Cubs were the two best teams uh, in baseball. And kind of since then, they've, you know, went in pretty different directions. But, you know, if, if the Giants are kind of able to continue the streak that they're on and channel how they played in the first half of the year, you know, it's, it should be a heck of a series. Yeah, I, th- I think if you look at the models, the, the Pulse Plus, the, the trend is definitely, it's, 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 it's evening out. Yeah, the, the model, thing- the model uh, heavily weights the, the trend line. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That's yeah. actually that's actually true. And the All right, I'm not going to turn this into like 538 riffs. But that podcast has been exceedingly uh wonderful recently. Yeah, it, it's it's really really good. For anyone out there who is I, even if you're not interested in the election, which if you're not, I man, hmm, um you got to listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I also very much I think we talked about this on prior episodes. What's the point? Also very good. Yeah, I know. I I should add that to the rotation. Yeah, the the what's called hot takedown or something. They have a sports one, which I tried listening to a couple a couple episodes of, and I I can't get I've, into I've it. I've got I've got too many sports ones already. Yeah, I I I a lot of times I feel like I don't have enough podcasts to listen to, but I also have too many. Oh God, I feel exactly the same way. That's weird. Well, like, cause here's the thing. I don't know how like Overcast works, but on my Pocket Cast, and I'll and I'll send you a, a photo of this eventually. But like, I tried reordering them and like calling through the to what I listen to. And there's probably a good like 15 podcasts I listen to, like I call them the A-list podcasts. And like I will listen to like the day they come out. And there's a good mix, but there's also a bunch of other ones that I like, but I either 
don't like enough to listen like sight unseen like i have to like actually kind of want to listen to the episode based on the description i don't know and then there's those top tier podcasts where i will listen no matter what but yeah i feel like i have too many but a lot of times i do still find myself like looking for something to listen to it seems like a weird problem no i feel like i'm subscribed to too many and always have too many episodes to listen to but then sometimes i'm not left with any episodes from the podcast that i like always listen to like no like uh, no ringers no like you're like this this is gonna be great you're everything else is taking a chance on something yeah exactly yeah to that point a lot of times i will then just re-listen to an episode i've already heard of one of my go-to podcasts and that well, seems and, like a waste. And, and most of the time when I do listen to an episode from a podcast that I maybe don't listen to all the time, it's like, oh, yeah, then this is really good. I should listen to this more. But then I generally just go back to the same handful that I listen to every week. Yeah. Or they have like one boring one or something that you're like, uh, whatever that, that yeah. drops to the back of my back of my brain. Right. Yeah. Podcasts. Uh, definitely. This one's an A-list. Like this one's probably top five for everybody else. Oh, what the this this program? This one, yeah. Uh-huh. No, mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I gotta start thinking about episode one hundred. That's coming up, coming up. Sorta. Yeah, do you think <laughs> uh, never mind. What did did something just happen internally? No, I was gonna say, like, oh, do they kill somebody off for the hundredth hundredth episode? <laughs> no, actually I think the opposite. I think they bring in somebody else in to sh- to shake things up. Hmm. Is that a threat? No, you know, like the third season of every every TV show, they always bring in, like, you remember when they brought in Rob Lowe in Parks and Recreation? Like, they always bring in some, like, in the, uh, the office, they brought in Ed Helms. So we're, they, we're they doing, think the show's going stale. We're doing 50 episodes a season? Uh, sure. Well, yeah, let's say each year's a season. Let's okay. pretend we never skipped any weeks whatsoever. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right, do you want to get down to business? Sure. All right, so you uh, have been gone for a while. I have been, yeah. I, I am at fault for why we have not recorded an episode uh, in a few weeks here. I don't think the people mind at all, but uh, you were on uh, a Goodwill tour uh, trying to, uh, to convince some Europeans that Americans are still uh, worth uh, saving. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I partially was. You're, you're, um, you're an emissary or an envoy? Which one is it? Uh, I think it's both, okay. depending on depending on which country you're in. Sure. Um, yeah, so I, I went to Iceland, England, and France, and was asked about Trump. Actually, not as much as I thought I, it could potentially have come up, but it did it did come up on a handful of occasions, and you know the, the conversations went generally as I expected them to, uh, where. Um, they they first wanted to clarify that we were not Trump supporters, of, of which you know we made very clear right off the bat that we were not. So you were not walking around Europe with your "Make America Great Again" hat. No, I le- I left that at home. God, they said to double check. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it, people were just very curious, sort of why uh, why things are the way they are, and I didn't really have a very good answer. And you didn't say the public education system. No, mm-mm. Um, but it, in in the case uh, when it got brought up in England, I, I had then then had the opportunity to kind of try to change the subject and ask about Brexit, and that you know that went about as well as you'd expect. Were you talking to people that were for or against? Mostly, well, it, 
you got to phrase this correctly. It was mostly the Remain crowd that I spoke to. Sure. Um, but many of these people had friends and family who were in the Leave crowd. So we did get to hear both sides of that. But yeah, people people were very curious about the the whole the whole Trump thing, and they they didn't they didn't really understand it, and I just kind of told them I didn't either. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was a uh, it was a good trip, really really good trip. Three pretty great countries, all three of which I had never been to. Um, you know, got to do a pretty good mix of the the touristy stuff, but then also some of the off the beaten path stuff, which is always nice. Uh, good weather, great food, uh, good good time. So I have I have many questions. So uh, did you decide the countries and like the duration of stay for any particular reason? Was it like a travel package? What like how do you, how do you go about planning out like a long term like multi or like cross continent trip like this? No, I'm not. I'm not real big on the the whole package thing. I really like being able to just to organize and plan a trip the way that I want it to. I don't I don't really want to be on a a tight schedule when I'm on vacation. Like I want there to be some loose structure, but I don't want every hour of every day sort of planned out, which is kind of how if you go on a, kind of like an organized tour, that's how those things generally are. So no, we um we knew we wanted to go to Europe, so that was kind of the the starting point. Um I had a couple of friends who went to Iceland last year and just absolutely loved it. So that was a place of interest, and there's a airline called Wow, um, <laughs> which uh, just started doing nonstop flights from SFO to Reykjavik for um, a really, really reasonable price. So that all kind of just naturally fit together. And then uh, England was a uh, obvious choice. The lady friend and I both had never been there before. She she has some distant family there that we wanted to see. So that was kind of the next obvious choice um and then in turn with france uh, the lady friend had studied abroad there when she was in college and wanted to go back so and i had never been so it was a good chance to for her to kind of revisit some things and for me to see them for the first time and did you do traditional hotels or did you airbnb or something airbnb the whole way yeah, we wow. didn't, didn't stay in any hotels. We we stayed with um, family for part of the time when we were in England, but um, outside of that, it was uh, we stayed at an Airbnb in Reykjavik, another Airbnb in London, and then two different Airbnbs in France: one in the city of Antibes, and then one in Paris. Cool. And that was yeah, that was pretty good for the most part. Um, the the places were all pretty nice. You know, a couple of them were a little quirky. Um, the one in London didn't have a shower, just just had a like a tub. Ugh. Um, but we were only there for one night, so that that was fine. It had that been the like the place that we stayed at in on tea, we were there for like five nights, so that would have been more of an issue there. Um, a couple of the a couple of the beds were not super comfortable. Um, they weren't Casper beds. They were not Casper beds. But you know, sometimes hotel beds are not very comfortable. So mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's not necessarily a, a home run to kind of use a baseball analogy here. Um, in a hotel versus like an Airbnb. But no, the, the Airbnb thing worked out really, really well. I mean, location wise, all four places were just incredible. 
perfect location with all of them. Uh, far better location than we could have gotten uh, at a hotel. Um, they quite literally just because like the areas we were in, like they're just there were not hotels. So, mm-hmm. um, so how'd you yeah. guys get around? Were these uh, Uber cities? <clears throat> so we in um, Iceland we rented a car, uh, which was that was a new thing for me. Never rented a car in a different country. Um, there really isn't any sort of public transportation system or anything there so and we wanted to drive around a little bit so in order to do that you really have to have your own car and how does how does that work in terms of being an american who's not used to driving on that side of the road well so iceland iceland's the right side of the road oh it's just oh yeah no i would also the right side of the road so it's just the uk well so we looked this up it turns out there's like something like 110 different locations across the world that drive on the left side of the road england's like the the biggest example but got it um, but like for renting a car do they have any required like is it just valid u.s driver's license like <laughs> carries over yeah yeah it's it's actually um that's actually a, a, so it was a thing that i i thought of frequently throughout the trip was it's just really easy to just travel like i mean you literally like you just show this this little notebook looking thing your passport and you just you just go anywhere basically American exceptionalism. I, I guess so. But yeah, I just, you just, I showed my California driver's license. And, um, you know, I had, of course, bought some additional insurance as well, but that was not required. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was, it was pretty easy. I was a little apprehensive about that part of it. Um, but no, that, that part was fine. Um, and then the rest of the trip, we used, well, and so in England, we used the, the tube, as, as they call it. Um, and the trains a lot. Um, and then in the south of France, we did end up using Uber. Um, but we also used the train a lot there. But uh, one of the days, the train system was on strike, which evidently happens a lot there. Uh, it happened, I guess, <laughs> multiple times when uh, the lady friend was abroad. Uh, and it happened one of the days we were there. So we that was an Uber day. Um, and then we had a pretty early flight from uh, Antibes, or like from Nice, technically, to Paris. So we, we took Uber to the airport that day, too. Um, and then in, in Paris, we, we again, train, metro. Um, and then we did we took an Uber to the airport there, too, because it was kind of an earlier flight to get back here. Okay. So kind of kind of everything. Planes, trains, automobiles, kind of kind of the whole thing. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, so this leads into my my main question, or or the most relevant consideration of this. So, how did you run your uh, like mobile device strategy here? Like, did you pick up a SIM card in each uh, country that you traveled to? Did you choose a roaming plan with your carrier? How did you? Because it sounds like all of these things, like Airbnb and Uber and all this stuff, were, is like having a data connection with you at all times on your smartphone was mandatory. So yeah, so the, there's there's two main options you have when you've got a, when you have an unlocked phone like I do through the iPhone upgrade program, which we're going to talk a lot more about that later. Um, but with, with an unlocked phone, yeah, you can go one of two paths. You can either just you know get an international plan with your existing carrier, or you can go the route of getting a SIM card in whatever country or countries that you're visiting. And I, th- I think in general, the smarter idea is to try to get a SIM card 
to, from where you're traveling, you're, you're generally going to pay a lot less, get a ton more data. Um, but kind of the, the disadvantage I think there is you then you, you don't have your own phone number. So if people try to you know text you or call you, you know that that becomes a bit of an issue. iMessages, of course, will will kind of remain the same. But if you get a traditional SMS or a call, it you're you know you're not in a good spot if you have a different SIM card. But then if you go down the other route, the just getting a international plan through your existing carrier, you know you get to keep your own phone number, so the texting and calling thing is easy. Um, but you really don't get a lot for your money. You know, in the case of AT&T, they offer a $40 plan, which is unlimited texting, which is great. But then it's, it's like 30 cents or something a minute per call. And then it's only 200 megabytes of data. Um, and the overages on that are really, really high. It's like five cents a megabyte or something. Um, so... I thought about both options. This was this was the first time that I had gone abroad where I actually had an unlocked phone. So I, you know, I had the choice of going either direction. Uh, I ultimately just did the AT and T thing because mm-hmm. I, the I want I wanted to keep my same phone number. That was a big thing, um, and I just didn't I just didn't put the time into researching what my other choices would have been if I tried to get local SIM cards. So. I think if I was just going to one country, I probably would have looked more into that, but I just didn't, I didn't want to bother trying to look for SIM cards in all three countries, or if maybe there probably was like one SIM card I could have gotten for all three, but I, I just didn't put the time into that. And I wanted to keep my own phone number. Sure. And I, and I had done the AT&T thing when I went to Europe last year, so I knew it worked. I knew it was easy. Um, But then, you know, what you have to do, because like you said, you know, you really do have a lot of data needs when you're over there especially when you're traveling the way that we were and you know i think the bottom line is when you go the route that i did where you have a limited amount of data wi-fi becomes your friend so you really just you know you really have you really have to just use a use wi-fi a lot um and it's that ends up being pretty easy you know every airbnb spot we stayed at had good wi-fi you know, airports generally have pretty good Wi-Fi, um, coffee shops, restaurants. I mean, it pretty much everywhere now has decent Wi-Fi. So um, that's not a problem. Um, and I guess I'll, I, this, I'll get to, um, I got a couple picks of the week, so I guess I can spoil one here. <laughs> um, offline Google Maps is just tremendous. It's absolutely tremendous. It, you know, the, one of the biggest surprises from it was in Iceland. It when you download an area offline, you still get turn by turn directions, which is amazing. Um, so that that was a lifesaver. So in terms of like getting around, uh, having offline Google Maps was a perfect way to to do that with your phone without using a bunch of data. It didn't. It, you can't do public transit directions when you're offline, so that that was a pretty big limitation. But if we were just walking around or driving somewhere. Um, the offline Google Map thing was was awesome. So yeah, I, you know, I think next time around I might look more into the, you know, local SIM option because it really would be great just to have a bunch of data and not really have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with with the with the whole Wi-Fi thing, uh, being on a limited amount of data was not was not too big of a problem. I didn't run out of that 200 megabytes until the um, second to last day. So, got it. Good. Okay, cool. 
Yeah, and in side note, uh, the offline Google Maps is also extremely good for hiking and poor and poor cell coverage areas too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So you, uh, so that answers that. So what did you take with you in terms of like mobile devices? Just iPhone. Do you have an iPad anymore? <laughs> I do. I do have an iPad Mini. Uh, okay. So, so what'd you take with you? So last year I chickened out and brought my MacBook Pro. Just because I, 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 it was my first time in Europe, I just felt like I needed that safety blanket of having a computer. Uh, but this year, I did, did not bring that. Just brought the uh, iPhone and the iPad. Uh, and when we were over there, really didn't use the iPad a lot. Used it a little bit just for like relaxing in the evening. But for the most part, really just, just used the phone. Did you take a camera? Or just no, I, I, don't, I don't own a camera. So... Um, I had, I had thought about getting one prior to this trip because this this felt like an occasion that I really would have wanted one, but you know then the reality of the fact that well yeah I'd use it a bunch for these two weeks but then I probably wouldn't use it again f- <laughs> until you know next spring or something whenever my next trip is so no just ended up using my phone which which is great I mean there there are of course situations where you're like ah you know I wish I would have um, had a better camera with me but. I mean, for the most part, it's it's so great just being able to instantly share photos and edit them, and you know, it wor- works out pretty well just doing it on your phone. Cool. Uh, and then, any external battery packs or no? Oh yeah, yeah. So the <laughs> um, the um, battery case that I have for my iPhone was was the MVP of the trip for sure. Um, I had that had that on my iPhone almost every day because we we were you know, we were moving basically the entire trip. We really, really didn't sit around a whole lot. And we were away from the Airbnb pretty much like all day each day. So, you know, I went, went a long time between charging my phone and would, would not have made it through most of the days without a battery case, especially with the number of pictures I was taking. Turns out that using the camera on the iPhone, that really... (laughs) That really kills your battery. Mm-hmm. So that was that was huge. Um, had a couple of different situations where plugs were not easily accessible. So my USB battery pack was great for charging in the evening. Um, and then, of course, when you travel abroad, you you need your uh, your plug adapters. So had one of those. Um, but yeah, that 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 was about it. Um, you know, one of the things that I I tried to do is you know, pack as light as possible. Really didn't want to bring a bunch of extra stuff. So um, kept it pretty light on the tech front. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased and surprised to hear that the iPhone covered almost everything for you. Yeah, no, it, it was, it was good. I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty easy to manage travel, you know, with mobile boarding passes and check-in and all that kind of stuff. Um, Air travel is incredibly easy just using your phone. Uh, the Airbnb app is really nice, has a, a good messaging feature. Um, yeah, I mean, it, and, and then, you know, the icing on the cake was the whole uh, Google offline map system. Um, that all worked out really well. And then to round this out, uh, did Apple Watch come into play much at all? Or did that, or did you not really mess with it? Um, I mean, you know, I had it with me. I had, I, you know, I had it on every day, but, um, you know, I, I switched it to a 24 hour clock, which, which is, which is nice in Europe. (laughs) Um, 
I mean, I, yeah, actually, you know, kind of kidding aside there, it actually was very, very helpful and, you know, not something that I would have been able to do with a traditional analog clock. Um, <clears throat> I also did have the, one of the, one of the complications, uh, set to San Francisco time. So I always knew what time it was here, which was helpful. Um, and then I had another complication set for sunrise and sunset, which was, you know, good info to have. So, you know, nothing, nothing earth shattering, but you know, it, it served a good purpose. Got it. And is, is tap to pay as common as everybody says it is in uh, the UK? So yes and no, it, yes, but not, not Apple pay there. Cause there's a, there's another contactless payment system like through, I guess it's just through visa. Cause I, I cause I saw like visa contactless advertised a bunch, but like on a vending machine in, I think this was in Paris. Yeah, it was in Paris. There was a contactless payment enabled vending machine and I I went to use Apple Pay and when I would hold my phone against the reader, like Apple Pay would pop up, but then the, the transaction just wouldn't go through. Hmm. So I, th- I think it might be a slightly different system. Got it. I could, I could have that wrong, but I, I, I just used my my traditional card most of the time got it i think i used apple pay i used apple pay once i paid for a cab in london using apple pay but that was it all right cool so overall a good trip it it was great yeah it, it really really was a good uh good two weeks it was mostly unplugged which was nice um so i've kind of had like three three out of five weeks between the houseboat trip I went on and then this trip where I was mostly off the grid. Um, and that, that's, that's nice. It's kind of, it's, it's good to remind yourself, I think at least annually <laughs> that you're, that you're capable of doing that. And I, and I think, and I don't mean this in a joking way. I think having those offline weeks happen at this time of the year, having it been the fourth year, I think that that's probably like equivalent to a year of being offline. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, I I very much do. Yeah, I mean, think of how many fake scandals and controversies you 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 missed out on. Yeah, you know, I I would I would each day kind of look at the the highlights or the uh, the lowlights as they were. <laughs> I think, it's, I think uh, it's more the latter. Yeah, from the election, but that that was about the only thing I stayed up with. Um, oh, that that was the other thing. Uh, what what was your uh, backup plan? How do you watch the the first debate? So we so it was on at um, four in the morning in in France. So we we did not watch it live. Needless okay. to say, or I guess it was on at three in the morning technically. So we did not watch it live. Um, but I had set it to record on my TiVo, and um, the next day, the kind of the next evening local time, we we streamed it from my TiVo without issue. Um, it cut out, a, it cut out a couple of times, which it's hard to say if it was TiVo or if it was the Wi-Fi connection that we were on. Um, we did actually have to watch the last few minutes of it, um, on it from YouTube, but for the most part, yeah, it worked fine with, with TiVo. Good. Cool. So yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of the one, that was the one thing that we actually like. We took a we like we purposefully took a break out of a day, set a couple hours aside, and and watched the debate. That that seemed important enough to do. 
And then you also took a moment to watch the SNL thing. No, I haven't seen that yet. You you, you have to. It's okay. it's it's surprisingly good. Yeah, no, I'm a big Alec Baldwin fan, and I've heard nothing but good things, but I, I have not watched it yet. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, keeping with this theme, uh, when you were out of the country, you missed uh, an event that's very important to you. The annual iPhone release in person launch day. Yeah, this was the this was the first iPhone I have not gotten on the first day um, since the iPhone 3G, which is actually the only iPhone I've never owned. So, uh, but yeah, every phone since the 3GS, I've gotten it on day one. But the the 16th was the day that I left, so I was was literally on my way to the airport as the phone came out. So when you returned to the Golden Shores of America, you made sure to on that day, reserve your new fancy iPhone 7. So how'd that go? It was a disaster. <laughs> um, so backing up, so my original plan um, was when the pre-orders first went live. Um, I should, I should pre- preface this by saying, you know, one of the things leading up to the launch, which was somewhat disconcerting, was Apple was completely silent on how the upgrade process was going to work. You know, which was particularly disturbing, considering that this was the first year where that was actually going to be a thing, where people could, you know, actually upgrade their phone using the upgrade program. Apple gave no details at all about how this was going to work. Um, and what I, what I was hoping for was some type of system where you could pre-order a phone and have the phone new phone mailed to you. There'd be some type of packaging where you'd put your existing phone and just mail it back. But Lo and behold, when pre-orders went live, uh, the only option for the upgrade program was to go into the store and, and physically do the exchange. So wasn't able to do that, of course, on launch day, but you know, kept my eye on, on stock uh, when, I, when I was in Europe. And by like not even a week after launch, it seemed like you could reserve a phone for pickup in all local San Francisco stores same day, like no problem. So then I was like, all right, well, fine. I'll just, you know, I'll just pick one up when I get back. So land on Sunday, um, in the Uber ride home, I used the Apple store app to reserve a phone at my local Apple store here. And, you know, the app seemed like it was set up really well, where you went to buy the iPhone, it um, asked me if I wanted to create a new line or replace this existing iPhone. I did that. It detected that I was on the iPhone upgrade program. So it offered, you know, for me to use the iPhone upgrade program. So I chose that um, and set an appointment time for later that day. Everything seemed great. So I get to the store at my designated time. I actually got there a little bit early. Store was absolutely just slammed. I mean, it was just packed. Um, but, you know, I still got my appointment time, I think, pretty close to the scheduled time. Uh, but then things went south in a hurry where the guy comes up. He's got the new phone. He goes to um, check it out, actually goes through the checkout process but then realizes that apparently the way that I had bought the phone created like a, a new transaction. Like I, I didn't actually go through the trade-in process for the upgrade program. So I, ba- I basically like bought into a new phone without replacing my existing phone. Even though, like I said, in the app, it seemed very clear that's what I was doing. 
and I explained that and they're like, well, okay, I would, whatever. And so they had to return the phone, you know, completely cancel out the transaction I had done using the Apple Store app. And then they resold the phone using um, the official, well, I guess, iPhone upgrade program trade-in process. And so that mostly went okay, although um, with AT&T, the SIM cards are like a one-time use. So even though they immediately returned the phone from the original transactions, that, that still technically used the SIM card in the phone. Mm-hmm. So, so they had to go back and get a different SIM card and whatever. The, I was worried that activation wasn't going to work on AT&T, but it, it worked just fine. So that, that was okay. Um. But then we go to complete the activation process with AT&T since we actually got to kind of the final step this time. And because I don't have a password or passcode on my account, AT&T now requires for you to be texted or emailed a one-time use code <laughs> to uh, go th- to, to you know, complete the um, activation process. And, you know, being the, you know, somewhat, um, security conscious person I am, <laughs> I had wiped my phone prior mm-hmm. to going to the Apple store, even though to Apple's credit, as I learned, wiping your phone is part of the process. But so for next year, I know that now, but you know, I was being a little extra secure and, and wiped my phone prior to even going to the store. So I had no way to access. Well, I mean, so first of all, I was in limbo with AT&T. I didn't have an activated phone, so I couldn't get a text message. And I couldn't access my email because I had wiped my um, iPhone. And I couldn't just log into my Gmail account using one of the in-store computers because I don't even know what my Google password is because it's just in one password. And I have two-factor authentication turned on through my Google account anyway, which is on my phone. So at that point, I then had to go home which fortunately I'm walking distance from the Apple store. So, you know, for me, that's not that big of a deal, but still an inconvenience. So I had to go home so I can get my iPad, brought my iPad in, connected that to the Wi-Fi in the store, chose the email option for the one-time security code, and then looked that up on my iPad. So then did that, finally finished the transaction, took the phone home, Again, because of all the weirdness with the return and the activation and all that, I thought for sure the phone was just not going to work. But it did. It activated on AT&T right away. iCloud backed up, worked just fine, um, was, was ready to go. Um, but then, um, over the course of uh, my first couple of days with the phone, well, so right away, right away, I, the second I turned on the phone, I noticed like, man, the screen looks really like yellow, like, like a really, almost like I had, um, uh, what's it called? Night mode, dark mode, night shift, night shift, almost like night shift was turned on. And like, when I first turned on the phone, I was like, oh, well, maybe it's like turned on by default. And then it'll clear up once I, um, restore from my iCloud backup and it, you know, resets my preferences back to the way I had them before where I have night shift turned off. But even after the iCloud backup was complete, I still noticed like the screen was just, just not a, just kind of a weird yellowish color. So then of course, you know, I, I Google searched and apparently it's a pretty common thing with the iPhone 7. Lot, lot, a lot of people have noticed it. Um, some people have said that it's similar to, I guess it was like with the iPhone 4 where there's like this weird thing where the glue 
that Apple uses to adhere the screen or like the glass to the screen like isn't fully dry and then dries over a couple of days so it kind of goes away. So some people were saying it was that. Other people were saying that well, it's just a it's a warmer screen because of the whole new wide color gamut thing. Um, and then in uh, iOS 10, it turns out there's actually like um, screen adjustment settings, which have never been there. So other people pointed to that and said to kind of make some adjustments. Um, but anyway, I just kind of tried to ignore it uh, for a few days. But yesterday it was I was still I'm like this this just really doesn't seem right. And uh, so I stopped by the Apple Store last night and compared my phone to one of the display units. And sure enough, like my phone just did not did not look right. Um, so I exchanged my phone. Um, so had to go through kind of the whole process again, although it was much more straightforward this time. Um, brought the new home, brought the new phone home last night. Um, kind of the same screen still <laughs> on the second phone. It's just it's a very it's a much much warmer screen than any of my other devices. Um, but from what I can tell, it seems to be just kind of, that's just kind of how the iPhone seven is. So, um, I guess I'll just get used to that. Is it better or is it pretty, probably pretty much the same compared to the one that you initially exchanged? It seems like it's mostly the same. Got it. But it's hard to, it, it seemed like, it seemed like it might be a little bit better, but it seems mostly the same. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, kind of a, kind of a mess, although I guess all's well that ends well. Um, I did, I didn't have any activation problems with AT&T, which I totally thought I was going to. And then the other thing I was thinking of was I thought that my whole, uh, cause you know, when you go through the iPhone upgrade program, you're like, you're technically taking out a loan for the phone mm-hmm. through like citizen one bank. And I thought that was going to get totally screwed up with all the returns and exchanges and blah, blah, blah. But that, that all seems to have worked totally fine. Um, so it, at, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm in the spot that I wanted to be. But yeah, it, it, it was a huge hassle. Like the, the, fact, the fact that I f- was very careful about how I went through the, um, the purchasing process on the Apple Store app and the fact that I still got led in the wrong direction, like, I, how did Apple not think of that? Like, that just, that kind of blows my mind. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it seems weird. So, why would it, so, what they told you was that it basically created a new iPhone upgrade program agreement? It created, yeah, exactly. So, it, it kept So, how would my... it let you do that twice for a single number? That, yeah. Like, ex- that shouldn't ex- even be possible. Exactly. Because like the guy, the guy was like, "Oh well, yeah, I'm sure at some point here it's going to prompt me to, you know, because because like, I I asked him like, as we were getting near the end of the transaction, I was like, so like I'm I'm turning in my old phone, right? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah no, no, I'm sure like that'll that'll come up here, and then like we completed the transaction and it just never did. Um, yeah, that 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 blows my mind. Because yeah, there there's there's totally should be some type of check, which is like, hey. You know this phone number is on the on the upgrade program, so clearly this person wants to go through the trade-in process. So as far as I can tell, as an iPhone upgrade program member, there's no way for me to upgrade my iPhone 
without just physically going into the store. Like there's no way for me to initiate the transaction using Apple's website. Hmm. Like I, I could have, because when you, when you pre-order the phone on launch day, all you do is make an appointment to go pick it up. So you're not actually like buying the phone or anything. So that, that would have worked. But after day one, the only way to go through the, the Apple Store app or through you know, Apple.com is to do what I did, at least as far as I can tell. And, you know, I guess you purchase a new phone somehow on the same line. It, the, whole, the whole thing was just bizarre. Yeah, but you're fine now. You have your fancy new phone, wide color to gamma display and everything, and, and you're just fine. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, I can um, very briefly, I guess, talk about the phone itself. Um, I, contrary to the way that most people apparently feel i really like the new home button i think it feels really really nice um it it's 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 definitely weird it's definitely different at first but i i think even after just a day or two of use i think like it even better um i think the taptic engine stuff throughout ios 10 um, is just absolutely fantastic. Um, and th this is specific to the iPhone 7. You, you don't get this in the earlier versions. Um, you get a lot more uh, taptic feedback when, for example, when you're setting a timer or picking a date um, or like moving around episodes of a podcast in a playlist. Whenever you're interacting with various UI, you get little subtle feedback you you even get like a little bit of a feedback when you flip open control center things like that that's really really nice um had my first experience trying to plug in 3.5 millimeter uh headphones um forgetting that the phone doesn't have a jack anymore um what else uh also, maybe contrary to a, the kind of the popular opinion, um, still don't know how I feel about the new colors. Um, like, so in the store, I looked at both the matte black, which is what I ended up with, and the jet black, and I kind of don't love either one. Um, the jet black I actually really disliked. Um, reminded me too much of the 3GS. Kind of just looked, kind of looked plasticky. Uh, even though it's obviously not, um, and the, you know the matte black I think is is fine, but still I don't know, still don't know if I if I love that. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's my iPhone Seven review. Brief and concise, I like it. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, which capacity did you go for? One twenty eight. Okay. That's nice. Um, that, that for the same price, having twice the storage. That that's that's a really nice thing. I was going to say, uh, do you notice any speed differences or not really? Not really, no. So what, uh, have you noticed much camera quality difference? Um, not immediately. Um, I haven't, I haven't really used the camera much though. So, so overall, it, you've, you've lost a headphone jack is what you've lost. Basically, yeah. Um, that's, that's, that, that's, I think, the confounding part about this upgrade cycle is it seems like you're not getting a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, really, the... Um, the only reason I upgraded and upgraded as quickly as I did was because, I mean, literally my monthly payment on the phone doesn't change at all. 
Well, but you'd own the phone after two years sure, and resell yeah, it. Of course, of course. But, you know, I'm always going to get the new phone. So, and I think economically, it, like if I was, if I knew I was going to get next year's phone, if I held on to the success for an additional year, I'm not sure I'd be able to actually sell it for, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know. Like the, the numbers end up being so that it doesn't really. Okay. Yeah. A two-year-old phone probably, it, it's. The resale value compared to upgrading every year and flipping it how most people have normally done it yeah that, that's probably very different right so you know it, it's i mean administrative hassle aside the, the iphone upgrade program makes it so that it's you know you kind of want to upgrade every year i guess that's sort of the point right yeah um, companies are all about that subscription revenue now <laughs> so you know i it kind of a a, a lukewarm upgrade um but what I do have a lot more positive things to say about um, is the Apple Watch Series 2, uh, which I also ordered, and that was, that was waiting for me uh, in the mail when I got back. Um, this review is, is really easy. I mean, it's, it's way faster. I mean, everything about it is just way more responsive. Um, I don't really notice the, the whole brighter screen thing. I mean, I haven't had it in bright sunlight a ton yet so i guess we'll see if i notice a difference there more but um i mean the the, the speed is just it's awesome it, it's the way that the apple watch should have been from day one yeah um so you think even with having used your uh series zero apple watch on watch os3 you still think it's considerably faster oh yeah definitely yeah, it's still not enough to get me to upgrade, but I'm I'm glad it works for you. Yeah, I, I would I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily worth worth the upgrade for most people either, but um I I really enjoy how fast this thing is now. Yeah. Well good. No uh, no noticeable change in battery life, or that was never really an issue for you to even that was bother never, That was never really an issue. Yeah. Okay. Well cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a that was a lot of a lot of me talking. So that's what the people what tune in for. It's all good. <laughs> what uh, What do you got? Uh, I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> we, we again, like we, we after over three weeks, I was looking at what I had thrown together, and and I've, there's very very little here, uh, other than BlackBerry no longer makes phones. Who cares? And then you, have you checked out the Google Pixel thing? So I I, I caught bits and pieces of the event. Um, my my takeaway after the event was that it is a Verizon exclusive. I kind didn't I, I didn't I didn't realize we were still doing carrier exclusives. Oh okay. hell yeah, we are. I didn't I didn't I really I, I mean I just honestly I'm not being facetious here. Like I, I really didn't know like that was still a thing. Again, I this thought, is thought we thought we had moved past that. No, no, never. <laughs> um no, no. Value adds. Uh, no, that's, uh, and again, this is Google's first, uh, first, like completely them phone, like to the point where they're even calling this a uh, phone by Google, which is the worst thing in the world. But, um, yeah, it's, it's either you go on their project Fi or project fee thing, or yes, it's, it's available through Verizon. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a weird phone. I mean, apparently, so it's, it's made by HTC. It seems like a, a sharp looking phone. They've added a couple of, um, apparently Google Pixel exclusive features to differentiate it from the version of Android that they gave everybody else, which I think is interesting and weird and perhaps not as open as Google likes to talk about. But looks looks nice. Yeah. 
fingerprint reader on the back. I still I still don't know how um, whether I think that's better or worse, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I I have friends who swear by that, and I I don't know. It just seems seems weird to me. Like I think that would make more sense if the screen went edge to edge. Like the thing that people keep uh, alleging that the iPhone eight or whatever, like the whenever the iPhone gets a big redesign. That the screen, other save for the uh, earpiece, is going to be pretty much edge to edge screen on the front. Like that would make more sense because like LG has been doing this forever, where they put the power button and or fingerprint reader on the back, and it seems like it might make sense. But if you still have room for the fingerprint reader up front, it still strikes me as just kind of a weird weird addition. Because I don't know, I, a fingerprints always strike me as as thumbprint, and that's not happening on the back. Yeah, and I just I think about the way that I, uh, well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess like your index finger sort of naturally goes to the part of the phone where, the, I, I don't know, that would I would think that would be weird. Yeah. So yeah, this unlimited storage thing, interesting. Although that just uh, for me speaks to the um, seemingly outdatedness of. It just reminds me of how frustrating Apple's iCloud storage tiers are more than anything else. Like this does make me think. Uh, kudos to Google. It makes me think uh, like boo on Apple. Like that's 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 weird. But um, I don't know. For people who want a pure Android experience and that's what they prefer, I'm glad they have more choices. And it's not just all of uh, because like Samsung is like just the default for anything else. That's that when people want Android phones, and that's not a terribly good option for most people just because of all the the junk that they put onto it and all the the stuff that they try to make you think are uh Samsung value adds. So I'm I'm glad there are more good options. If you're on certain carriers. <laughs> and then they have this uh this like yoga pants uh VR headset thing. So that's that's weird. I I can actually go back to uh one quick thing about the, the iPhone 7. Sure. Um, that that you just reminded me of. Uh huh. Another thing that's that's a huge bummer with it is it's not truly. I mean, it's it's unlocked when you're on the iPhone upgrade program, but it's it's different models between uh, AT and T and T Mobile, and then Verizon and Sprint. Well, it's it's that they have so like the Verizon and Sprint ones because they rely more heavily on CDMA are going to use the Qualcomm chipset, and then I think uh, to diversify supply chain and and. and parts vendors and stuff they're trying intel modems for some of them but i think in terms of just raw radio bands it's still the same thing is it not well but i I can i can i put like a verizon sim card in my at&t phone i don't see why not because that seems like that'd be a regression back from the six and the 6s models where those were universal for the entire world uh, except for, I would think with this generation, they're doing one specific for Japan because it works with their transit system or something. Okay, well, I, I guess I was under the impression that um... no, they, they they definitely are different models because they're using the Qualcomm versus the Intel uh, modem and radio bands. But in terms of raw bands that are supported, I think it's still the same. Got it. Okay, but I, no, I, I totally agree that that is weird. Yeah, I guess I, I I totally thought like I just literally wouldn't be able to you know like use Verizon or something on my phone. No, no, I I think you do. Yeah, I think you can. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but like they're so Google's doing uh like they're ripping off the Samsung Gear VR. 
a little bit. Like this looks almost exactly the same, except it's got this like weird like denim-ish pattern on it. I I, I don't know. I think uh, it's early days for all the VR stuff, so I don't really know what to to make of that. Hmm. Yeah, the uh, VR man. That what a what a mess so far. Well, you, you, uh, you're you're the Mister VR. I'm the one that that's, <laughs> that's that's thought it's 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 silly and and super dumb, and and I think it will be forever because nobody's going to walk around with the or even like unless somebody has like a pod in their house that nobody else can possibly enter. I don't see anybody strapping a face computer to their to their eyes. I don't. Know, but you're the one that was super gung ho on this, and you even bought one of those uh, Oculus uh, Rifts or whatever's. Yeah, but it's just the the software's not there, the hardware's not there. Um, you know, the PlayStation VR um came out. Or I guess like the embargo was lifted this morning. That seems like a total mess. Um, yeah, it's it's just not it's not not it's not ready for prime time. Yeah, sounds right. Okay, so yeah, I mean, that, I thought that was interesting this week. But other than that, and BlackBerry getting out of phones, which is, that's kind of was, the writing was on the wall for years. Yeah, not much happened in technology this week. Or, fuck. Not much happened in, um, in the, <laughs> it's really hard to get away from that word. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to let people know about that. All right. Do we have anything else? Um, well, I, I got a couple things for you. Okay. So you, um, I as I was editing our most recent episode, had totally forgotten that in the prior episode you had mentioned that you had purchased an iPad Pro, and we, oh, we forgot yeah. to we forgot to talk about that the last time. Oh yeah, um, there's not much to talk about. But so you, so what what did you buy? So because I uh, dropped my iPad Air two in a, in a really specific corner, uh, and now it's basically unusable. Except uh, whoever I'm trying to sell it to, please still buy it. It's only the power button that doesn't work. So as long as you don't let the battery die, you're totally fine. Um, I know, so I, bought, I think if I think if an iOS device totally powers down, you just plug it back in. It's fine. Yeah. So the only thing is you have to use either the assistive touch like thing on the screen, or you have to get like a smart cover to turn it off and on from now on. Oh, oh, yeah. It's okay. I, see. I would well, sell it to somebody at a super steep discount. So if anybody wants it, please, please at me or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I ended up purchasing an, an iPad Air, or sorry, an iPad Pro 9.7 inch, 128 gig uh, with cellular, um, just to replace my 64 gig with cellular uh, Air 2. And it's basically the exact same thing, and it's fine. Yeah, but you have a true tone display now. Okay, actually, let's talk about that. True tone display, pretty nice, but the problem for me, like it's it's much less uh, it's much less dramatic and and uh, pronounced as night shift, and I and I like it. But the problem is, it makes every other like if I am working on my iPad for a couple minutes and then I go over to my phone or my Mac, it makes those screens by comparison look. Like insanely blue tinted. So that okay. So I it, think it freaks me out. So or, I, or it it drives me nuts. So that that's exactly the iPhone seven for me. Where if I if I'm just using the iPhone seven, like the screen seems fine. It, 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 the colors are bright. Like it, it seems okay. But then yeah, like I go from this screen, and even if I look up at like my monitor here, like the monitor is just far more blue 
than the iPhone 7 screen. But yeah, but the only thing with the iPhone is that like if I, if I turn True Tone off, I know that the screen is actually the proper color temperature. Well, yeah. Or it sounds like yours permanently yellow. Yeah. And I, and I am very sensitive to that because I used to have like oh, back in the days where I, I used to have uh, uh, compact um, pocket PCs. Like I got, I had one that had like this yellow tinted screen and it drove me nuts for for a year. So, but yeah, so True Tone is actually pretty nice. I I do like it. The uh, the Pro, it's a bit faster. Um, same slow touch ID sensor, which is lame. Um, smart connector is interesting. I have two keyboards for it, um, and I definitely have some thoughts on those. But otherwise, it's 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 the same as before. So it's it's fine. Uh, iOS 10 has a ton of improvements that make it much more reasonable to do actual work on, though. That that was a surprise for me. You said you have two keyboards. All right, is this is this for testing purposes, or do you like legitimately use different keyboards for different times? It's mostly for testing, but it's probably just going to be like a keep one at work, keep one at home thing. So in with my Air 2, I had the Logitech uh, Type Plus uh, keyboard cover, which I thought was was pretty good. It wasn't ideal, like, but for a third party keyboard. Pretty pretty dang good. Uh, I replaced that with the Logitech Create for the iPad Pro, which is basically the same thing, except it has backlit keys and uh, uses a smart connector as opposed to Bluetooth. And it's a, it's a very nice keyboard. I like it. But I also... And it's got a, a little like holder for an Apple Pencil if I were to ever get one, which I think is kind of nifty. Uh, but it is a little bit bulky. It's about the sa- it, it is the same weight as the old one I had, but I don't know why this one just feels bulkier. Um, and then I also have the the Apple Smart Keyboard, which is nice. I I like it better as a keyboard, um, but it has two kind of key flaws. The Logitech has uh, like at the very top, it has a a row of function keys like uh, volume up and down, mute like uh, skip track and uh, play pause and brightness and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, that make it way, 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 way more useful than the Apple one. So even though I like the Apple keyboard better in terms of like uh, touch feel and stuff, uh, that home row or that home, sh- like the the shortcut row uh, kind of seals the deal for me if I only keep one. Yeah, that seems like what you'd be using the keyboard a lot for. Yeah, and I think that makes uh, using it like a full-time computer far, far more... Um, for uh more like uh reasonable to use because like don't, it, it, don't tell me you're going down that path no i'm i'm not because i because I, I i'm sensible and 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 you you do you do actual work exactly exactly like again i don't understand like because i've gone all in just because i was like oh because i know ios 9 actually had the thing where if you do command tab um it'll it brings up kind of like the standard os 10 application switcher which is nice um, and since the the Logitech Create has that function row, like you can get like a shortcut for um, for the home button, so you don't have to take your finger off the keyboard and like reach up to do anything. You can double press that to go to to like multitasking view. Uh, you can do a spotlight search from anywhere. So like it, it's very nice. Um, but there's just this lag in between it because like iOS likes to animate everything that just makes it like just like two skips too slow. And for me, like I'm. I'm spoiled by the the quad core 4 gigahertz processor in this iMac where like this this computer is now a year old and it is still the fastest computer I've ever used and it I am never waiting for anything 
and that's what drives me nuts about the iPad. But like if I want to be like browsing the web or doing email and have Slack open on the side or like do picture in picture video and and switch between things, iOS 10 makes that far more reasonable and workable uh than than I ever thought it was. Still would never replace my Mac. Like I, there's if if there's a day where I'm going to do anything other than just uh read uh, my Mac is going to come with me and then maybe the iPad, never just the iPad. Right. So it's better. Still not great, but it's better. Yeah, so iPad Pro, it's fine. I don't have a pencil because I it, I just can't justify it. Hey, it seems like it'd be worthwhile just to play with one for a while, though. The thing, But there's no, I can't just pay the Apple Store 20 bucks to say, okay, can I borrow this for a month? And I'm really not, I... I I think we've talked about this before, but philosophically, I am not somebody who will ever, I will never buy something where I don't think in my mind, I like there's an 80% chance I'm going to keep it. True. Like I, I can't stand or I can't fathom the people that buy things to return them. That's true. I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's that. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of all I had too. I don't I don't think there's any way we're going to catch up on three weeks of news, um, and it and I don't really think there's 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 not really a lot to to get into. I don't think. No, yeah. So I mean, we co- we covered the biggies. Uh, baseball. Uh, we got uh, second presidential debate coming up on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, oh no, it's not, but it's it's going to be a thing. And yeah, I think that's. Let me. No, I think that's it. Picks uh, of the week. Yeah, picks of the week. Um, All right. You so you said you, you already spoiled one, but you said you had kind of a, a longer, a, maybe a triple pick. What, well, what yeah. So on? I think you know the the little minor pick up front here, uh, Connor Gillespie. He's got to be a pick of the week. Big big home run tonight. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna hang that above his mantle. Uh huh. Uh, but no, my my real my real other pick of the week um, is something I also kind of mentioned earlier um, is the TiVo remote streaming. Um, it it was really really great this whole this whole trip that I was just on, mostly for the the offline stuff. So I you know, I downloaded a bunch of stuff to my iPad before we left, so that was great when uh, we were flying. But then the streaming stuff too. I mean, we're sitting there in France, and I'm setting. The presidential bait to record and then the next day we're you know streaming it from my TiVo box thousands of miles away like that that stuff is just really really cool um and it you know it, it's it didn't work flawlessly like i said i mean it did drop out but that that could have just been the wi-fi connection that we were on but overall the the TiVo remote streaming stuff is just it's it's awesome like it very very much in the way that the whole skip function doesn't seem like it should be possible. It almost seems like it's wrong. <laughs> like the, mm-hmm. the, the streaming stuff feels the same way. Like it just feels like I shouldn't be able to do this stuff, but I can. Yeah. I'm really surprised that skip mode has not been litigated out of existence mm-hmm. yet. Well, and, and then like the, the, the offline stuff too, like the fact that I can download these shows to my iPad, like that also just but doesn't, that- that seems more reasonable just in the sense that like if if DVRs are legal like in the sense that you can rewatch something after like I don't see how that that's yeah, well but, but because even the opportunity a... for ad skipping is the same thing and there's still like rights management like you can't 
just take like everything that the TiVo spits out is DRM'd and tied to your TiVo account. Oh no, so the piracy I, I mean, I, risk I is super it. low. I get it. Well, but, well, but that does that the fact that the piracy risk is low does that ever stop people from putting DRM on stuff? No, I think every ebook sold is DRM free, right? Uh, but yeah, oh. I mean, yeah, that, that that stuff just doesn't seem like it should be as easy as it is. Yeah, like TiVo, to their credit, uh, and I didn't know they just changed owners recently. They do what they can to try to make things easy, and th- like they are pretty uh, like TV viewer friendly. Like they usually try to like swing for the fences when they try to add new features, right? Yeah, not necessarily, uh, not necessarily technologically, but in terms of like function. Yeah, well, cool. And I'm glad all that stuff ended up coming to the to the regular uh, to the regular Romeo. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Did they ever? Um, wasn't there one feature they were still waiting on? Or no, that was out of home streaming that they they were kind of dragging their feet on. Like in home streaming was available for, uh, from day one, right? Um, no. Oh yeah, well, yes, it, it was. Yeah, in-home streaming was, but anything out of the home was not. Got it. Um, and are you able to stream on demand, or do you have to download it first if you're doing out of the home stuff? Um, like, can you stream live TV? Well, like, can you stream a recording, or do you have to download the recording first? Oh no, you can stream a recording. Like, okay, so that's what we did with the debate. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of that stuff I had never even, like, tried using before, so it, it really was just sort of an experiment, and, like, the fact that it all just worked, and worked from halfway across the world was was really cool. Very cool. And then uh, the lady was on board for you experimenting during the trip? Um, well, I mean, it, you know, it, <clears throat> it was, it didn't really take a lot of time or anything. Or during the trip, did you ever like? Did you like? Did you ever try to like take some like uh, try out like if something would work a certain way? I Apple Pay. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying like, how many times did you try that kind of stuff? Um, what did I do? Did I? Because I'm sure that takes a little bit of patience. Like where she's just kind of like saying like, okay, I'm gonna allot 20 seconds for him to try something. Yeah. See that? that good job. I, th- I think I think just just the Apple Pay stuff, but I only tried that a couple times. Yeah. All right. Well, good. All right, is that it for you? Uh, yeah, that's it for me. All right, and then my pick of the week is going to be a simple one. Uh, it is the Apple Smart Battery Case. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Y- yeah, my Mophie, I don't know, it was, it was, it's being weird, and I actually, I didn't end up using the wireless charging thing like I thought I would, because I refuse to make the investment in buying like a bunch of wireless chargers. <laughs> Whereas like lightning cables and micro USB cables are plentiful everywhere in the world. Yeah. Uh, wireless chargers aren't. So therefore that benefit was lost. So I just decided to get the the Apple wireless charger or the Apple smart battery case. <laughs> and oddly, I chose the one or I, I accidentally bought the one that's for the iPhone 7 instead of for the 6S. Uh, so therefore it's covering up my headphone jack. So therefore it's like I have a 7 already. <laughs> so that's, oh, that's, that's great. Good, to be honest, good, I good don't ever you. use it. Good for you. So yeah. Um, well, you're just you're you're practicing when you buy next year's phone. I'm probably gonna get a seven like come December because I'm an idiot. You yeah. already know this. Yeah, it's true. But the only thing that's gonna bum me out is like there's literally nothing better about it because it's not that much faster and the camera is marginally better. But just like whatever. But what I must say about the smart battery case, 
that confuses me and I find is weird is um, it depletes the case battery first. Hmm. So it's like the phone never stops charging, which seems odd and not like the best thing for the battery on the phone. But like the product says, it's smart. So so what, what the hell do I know? Um, and also, the battery life on it seems to be amazing. Yeah. So that, like, I, you... I, I, I took it off the charger at 630 this morning when I got up, and it did not deplete the case battery until about... 7 30 and that was with like a pretty like there was no like running or like gym activity or gps stuff but like i was on my phone a lot and it made it like 13 hours before it ever touched the phone's battery which is oddly impressive hmm i don't know and it actually does feel pretty decent in the hand so yeah odd choice but that's uh that's what that is interesting yeah. Hmm. And you, and you have zero battery life concern on your phone with, with most regular day. Oh, well, it's because you get to charge uh, at work all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, this like the, the during this trip, a constant battery anxiety. Well, but like on weekends, do you ever have uh, an issue? Occasionally. Do you have to top up in the middle of the day? Occasionally. Yeah. Okay. Um, I should, God damn it. I should just get that, that uh, battery phone case. Because I don't, I don't love the battery case that I have now. It's too bulky. It looks dumb. But I do like that it has my, uh, it has lightning on the end rather than micro USB. Um, the texture feels nice. Um, like this is only like three days old, so, but so I don't know. Uh, but it's it's nice, and I like that it doesn't have like Mofi has a fine logo, but I don't like they they stamp the logo at the bottom of the case. So this is just plain black all the way around. So yeah, a uh, a minus. Hmm. Yeah, no, I know. I, I, I was with everybody and made fun of it when it first came out, but... But all battery cases look dumb. And I, and I like, if we can, you, people, like, can rewind or, like, go back to an old episode, and I probably talked tons of shit about this, but it, it's fine. Like, I don't think it's going to win any design awards, or I, I don't think it looks amazing, but, like, the feel in the hand is pretty good, and functionally, like, the battery life performance, like, has been outstanding. Weird week. Weird, weird weeks. Weird year. Very. Did you see the Darth thing of, <laughs> he linked to a story about uh, there might be like a limit to how long you can live. And he said, is November the, <laughs> the limit? Yeah, I did see uh, that. I also, I, I, I also saw that he asked uh, Giants fans not to flip his car tonight. Because he just got it washed. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. There's one bright spot on the internet. Also, underrated pick of the week, muting people on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, is, is that just a new discovery for you? No, it's not. But I've, I've, uh, God, I thought, I, I thought the show was over. But um, un- it's so easy to unfollow people. And it's also even easier for people like your borderline on to just mute them. And you can also, uh, another uh, little known feature, you can disable retweets from people. So if there's somebody who's just retweet happy or like has like some, co- like that they're interesting, but they have like some cause that they're on that you just aren't into. You can disable retweets. So there's three uh, there's three ways to control your Twitter experience, which is, which is pretty nice. So those those are some sub picks of the week. Yeah, no, uh, muting is muting is key. Uh, oh, and and on Tweetbot, you can also mute entire keywords. Hmm, love it. So if somebody's ever like taught, like if there's 
I'm tr- I, I don't want to think of, I'm not trying to pick a political topic, but let's say there's like some news story about a certain company or some person or like, or like me on the weekend, sometimes like I just, I can mute NFL and uh, 49ers and like all this kind of stuff. And I don't have to unfollow some people that I like. I, like I follow like some sports journalists that I love for baseball news, but I could not give two, two hoots about football. Uh, muting keywords comes so in handy for those. So, and it all syncs across iCloud if you're using TweetBot. So give it a shot. All right, with that, this is actually a shorter show than usual. So let's uh, let's wrap it up here. Sounds good.